Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online to sunburymotors.com and check out their great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory. You can actually get the buying process started from the comfort of your own living room. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Well, let's get to a slice of history in our play-by-play call of the day. Pete Rose had tied Stan Musial's record, and then baseball went on strike for seven weeks. First game back when they finally got rolling again, Pete Rose... Step past Stan the Man. Point for Rose here at this ballpark tonight. How many people come to come to that game? There's a youngster. That's Petey Jr. The strike one pitch to Rose. Bouncer to the hole. There it is. Pete Rose, career hit number 36-31. Uh, ironically, by the way, against the St. Louis Cardinals. Stan Musial's team forever. All right. Very pleased to bring in Serena Winters, who does a great job on the Sixers Network. Serena, welcome. We hope you and yours are safe and sound and everything's going well for you. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. Right back at you, Steve. Thanks. Appreciate it, Serena. Let's start with the bubble. Uh, Some players have expressed concerns about being in the bubble. Uh, In other words... You're going to go from the apartment or complex, whatever, play, go back, play, go back, eat in between with nothing else. What have, What are your thoughts on the concerns that the players have with that, Serena? Well, look, I, I think that they are valid, right, because you are asking these guys to not just stay in the bubble and have those concerns of feeling like they can't leave, but also, you know, these guys that have families and talking about when are families allowed, how many family members can they be, and also, see, if you got to think about guys that maybe have some wives that are expecting children and not being able to be around their wives for that. So I understand the concerns. I find them valid, but at the end of the day, I think that, you know, the the commissioner and the NBA had to come up with the best solution, and there were going to be problems with any solution, and this seems to be like the best one. And I completely agree with everything you just said, because part of this is is that I don't, let's take the money out of it. Look, these are people, all right, and guess what? They have lives, and they have concerns, and they have kids. Uh, I remember talking with Bill O'Brien one time about the difference between coaching college kids, which he did here at Penn State, and coaching pros. And he said, he said, with pros, you're dealing with men. Well, that's what's happening here. And in order to attempt to pull this off, they're really having their circle really tightened in, in a tremendous way. 
Oh, absolutely. And also that every player is so different in their lives, right? You're going to have some of the players who are just, you know, first, second year, maybe third year players, young, willing to just stay in the bubble and maybe it might not concern them as much. But then you've got guys, let's take the Sixers as an example and use a guy like Al Horford, a veteran who's got a family who, you know, it's different for all of the players in different ways. And on top of that, Steve, it's not just the players, right? Because you now are thinking about coaching staff and obviously the coaching staff or or the traveling party is going to be more limited now but you've got to think about the coaching staff and the training staff in the same respect that you think about the players in terms of their families and how that can affect everybody so I mean it's certainly unprecedented times and I can see where everybody's coming from Serena where were you when they put a halt to the season I was sitting in the press conference room um, at Wells Fargo Center. It was literally, I tell you, maybe four minutes after I had just interviewed Joel Embiid for what we would normally call a post-game walk-off, but at the time there were already the, the rules in place that you had to be at least six feet away. And so Joel and I were in a hallway six feet away. We were using a boom mic and doing, you know, a bit of an awkward post-game walk-off interview. And I, and I really just sat down in the press conference room waiting for Brett Brown to come out, thinking about what had happened that day. And then the news broke. And it was, it was a very surreal moment. I sat there for, for quite some time. Yeah, and I was in Indianapolis uh, getting ready to do the Big Ten tournament. When, when you know, same thing. It just felt surreal because everything just happened so fast. Uh, it was just spiraling. It seemed out of control, and everything came to a stop. Have they talked to you yet, Serena, about broadcast approach in this? I do think that there are still things that are up in the air, so nothing is for certain. But I can tell you that the majority of what I've been hearing, and this isn't just from our network, but from other networks and you know from conversations um, that people have been having in terms of broadcasting, is the most likely scenario seems that broadcasters, the majority of especially regional networks, broadcasters will be broadcasting out of potentially a studio six foot, you know, six feet apart, so you're social distancing with games that are then being fed back from Orlando. Again, that could all change, just like how the NBA had conversations in terms of what the best scenario is. You know, I know that the NBA uh, broadcast companies everybody's having the same conversations but right now it seems pretty unlikely that somebody in my position uh, would be part of that bubble in Orlando yeah that's it and, and you should be um, to me but again I want you safe and sound too uh, this uh, to me part of the key to this is I think teams that are tight I think it helps and I got to stay in shape and so forth hit shots but I think the teams that are the tighter teams, in that locker room, and you can tell when they are and when they aren't, have a, have a good shot in a tournament like this. How would you describe the Sixers in that regard since you are around them as closely as you are, Serena? Well, first, I think you make a good point that I, I maybe hadn't really thought of in terms of, you know, we talk so much about like the word chemistry, right? It gets thrown around all the time. Um, 
and that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to be, you know, best friends and going out all the time, but, but there's something to that in terms of when you come back and you're part of this bubble, I mean, your circle has just gotten yeah. so tight and you're going to be with this group for such a long period of time. You've got to imagine that teams that can find positives and draw off of that would be better off. And I know that, um, for example, when this all happened, similar, and I don't know if you had this, but for me, you know, I would have my friend group where we would do things like FaceTime calls, happy hour calls, things like that. I know the players had that as well. And I had heard that um, Tobias Harris was kind of like the the bartender of sorts for, you know, a quote-unquote, like, you know, happy hour type (laughs) of thing, whether it's a video call, this, that, or the other. And I think that if those types of things were happening, they might sound – it might sound silly to some people, but I think that that really matters because keeping connected, right, during this time can certainly play into when the season starts back up again in Orlando, right? All right. All right. Well said. Uh, obviously, national TV money is is playing a role in this coming back. Uh, do you, uh, Do you think it's important that the NBA does get back for this particular season? In your opinion. Well, I think that number one, whatever decision was made, that was you had to make sure that that health and safety was first, right? And I think exactly. that yep. the commissioner. Adam Silver did a really impressive job. I mean, thinking about what his life has been like right over the past <laughs> few months of, I mean, does that guy sleep? The amount of calls he was probably <laughs> taking just to get everybody's different opinion, viewpoints, the facts, the science, all of it, taking it all in and trying to come up with certain scenarios to to vote on. I think once that you got past the okay, this is the safest we can create a safe environment for the season to resume if that if that happened then yes i think it was important that the season can resume so at the end of the day though too like i understand people's concerns right we live in such an unprecedented time it's if people don't feel safe to go to that environment in terms of players, and I know that that's being talked about, right, Steve, that, that potentially some players mm-hmm. um, have been expressing their concerns. I get that. I get that. So I think although I, I do believe it was important for the season to resume, it was only if they could come up with a scenario where it, health – was the number one priority because at the end of the day, yes, it's just a game. Um, but you also think about like the amount of months, the work that the players have been putting into this season right. to win a championship. And you think about yeah. the contract situations and you just think about all of that. It's, it's fair to give it a shot again, right? So you don't feel like it was all for naught because imagine if the season did come up to a complete halt and you felt like, that was your window of opportunity, and now it's not there anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, in your previous answer, you mentioned that uh, the day all this happened, you had just finished talking with Joel Embiid. What have you seen in his development, not only as a player, but also as a person that you can talk to? What has that been like for you to deal with a guy like Joel Embiid, and how well are you treated by these players? Well, first I'll say with Joel, and, and really with any with any player, um, 
I always try to put myself in their shoes because they live a very different life than I do, right? And specifically with a player like Joel Embiid, who is so well-known and not just so so well-known for what he does on the court, but so well-known for the personality side to it, right? Um, and what's expected of him. Um, there's, there's really high expectations on him, and he's a guy that, in my opinion, is at his best on the court when he feels comfortable being himself and being himself on the court is having fun and trash talking and getting into it and, you know, (laughs) pumping up his chest and getting the crowd going. I find that that's when Joel's at his best, right? But at the same time, it must be hard for a player and and a young guy in his shoes also when at the same time you get backlash from that, right? And we all know what happened at the beginning of the season um, as well, which led to, you know, a suspension. And then you start thinking about, okay, well, would it hurt? Would it, does it hurt the team in the long run? And maybe there was being, there's, there's talks about, like, oh, can you tone it down a little bit, Joel? If those things are happening, then you're probably trying to figure out both as a player and as a person, like, what is the best thing for me to do? And I'm sure it can be confusing, right? You know? Some people want me to just be serious. Some people want me to have fun. What's the best way to do it? And I think that I've seen him kind of struggle through that a little bit, right? And I think we saw that this past season because you can tell um, the different types of modes that he has been in. And I did feel like, you know, when it was, what was it, right before the All-Star break, um, or right after, you you did feel like there was a Joel coming back into his skin of let's just go out there and have a good time. I don't care about what anybody else thinks, right? And I think when you saw that and you felt that, you were so excited to see what was the next level he was going to bring it to on the court, right? Um, But he's talked about himself having those struggles of feeling like, People want him to be a certain a certain way, act a certain way. His personality is a certain way, and I think he's tried that. Um, and if it doesn't make you happy, then that's not going to convey on the court. I think that's when he's at his best. I'm all here for that, Joel Embiid. I hope that we get to see that in Orlando. But that's going to be interesting too, right? Because without the fans and that to right. feed off of, some of these guys like Joel, they feed off of that, right? So I think like anybody, you know, he's gone through um, a little bit of a, of a roller coaster of just trying to figure out how to be the best version of himself. Well, he's a generational talent, and I think he has a generational spirit to him. So, I mean, I love watching him play. Uh, and I think when he is out there just being him and not thinking about what people think he should be, I think he's a better player. Serena... Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your perspective and insight. I hope somehow, some way, they get you back into the game so you can be there with them. We'll see how it goes here in the next uh, maybe six, seven weeks. Maybe things will change for it. Absolutely. Well, whether I'm there or not, you will see me. We will we will, we will bring you the coverage. I will be somewhere broadcasting to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because you do great work, by the way. I appreciate that very much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Serena Winters joining us.
does a great job with the Sixers and uh, on their on their broadcasts. We'll come back, final half hour, Keaton Ellis of the Nittany Lion football team on getting his COVID test, which, by the way, he tested negative, and getting back to work and working out on Monday. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Now, when the suit makes a sale that's not a mega sale, he moonwalks to this. Can you picture it? I can if I picture it with a polyester leisure suit. Well, that's that's most of his closet. You ever see the show WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, absolutely. Herb Tarlick. Yep. We had a guy... At the station I first worked at 40 years ago. Great guy. In fact, believe it or not, sells vehicles at the Penske BMW dealership in Scottsdale right across from the hotel where we stayed for the Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago. So I got a chance to sit down. His name is Henry Mail. When I did my first women's basketball game, it was Randy Portland's first game, as a matter of fact. I worked with him and, and Ron Ruman. Ron Ruman was the other guy. But the first game I did on the men's network in 1981, it was it was November of 1981. Penn State played Bloomsburg, so it was my first game on the Penn State Sports Network. Henry Mail was my color analyst. Well, Henry, of course, had the on-air experience, and that's why, you know, because we'd done women's basketball games together and so forth. And so we were asked by Fran Fisher to fill in because Fran and John Grant were in Pittsburgh doing the what turned out to be famous Penn State pit game that Penn State was down 14 nothing rallied to win 48-14. That night, Penn State played Bloomsburg. Well, Henry was in sales at the time at the radio station as well as then doubling and doing some on-air work. And this was the time when WKRP was in its heyday, so his nickname in the station was Herb Tarlick. So we just called him Herb all the time. <laughs> I believe that that show in rerun has... Um, I think it took a long time to get that show into rerun because of all the music that played on mm-hmm. there. 
I think that was the reason, right? Yeah, they have to get all the copyrights and stuff to do that again. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's playing on, uh, I think it's on MeTV right now. It's on MeTV, and I think it was on TV Land for a little bit. I mean, I haven't really, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't really seen it in a long, long time. But, yeah, that's what we call them Herb Tarlick. Herb. Yeah, I watched. Great guy. Uh, in late November, around Thanksgiving, they had on the turkey episode. I w- did watch that when it was on. Oh, the, well, the turkey episode is famous, uh, <laughs> where they're dropping the turkeys out of a helicopter. <laughs> and the, the, the boss says, he says, as God is my witness, I swear I thought turkeys could fly. <laughs> and Les Nesman, the newsman, standing in the parking lot, oh, the mass of humanity. <laughs> Johnny, Dr. Johnny Fever, Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman has this great line. WKRP in Cincinnati, more music, less Nessman. <laughs> oh, man. Next half hour, we'll hear from Keaton Ellis. Entering his sophomore season for the Nittany Lions. He'll talk about going negative on his COVID tests to what he expects starting on Monday when they get to go inside Haluba Hall and work out. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you can go online right now at sunburymotors.com. Check out the great lines of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Pre-owned inventory. Great deals right now. And you get the buying process started from the comfort of your own li- your own living room. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. By the way, they have a great service department. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And yes, online at sunburymotors.com. All right, Keaton Ellis, very good freshman season. I thought started out really well, then kind of hit a little valley. You know, that, that happens, but it's how do you react to that? And he got, him back, he got himself back on track, and I thought he finished strong, and I thought he had a really good bowl game against Memphis. Heading into his sophomore season, he had a chance yesterday to talk with the media, starting out with Mark Brennan from Fight on State. Hey, Keaton, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Great, I appreciate you doing this. I, I wonder what it was like for you emotionally last week when you heard about the phased return. And can you take us through what it's been like for you uh, these first few days of it? Has there been testing involved? I mean, what, what's, what's kind of going on for you guys? Yeah, so when I first heard the news, I was you know, really excited, you know, obviously, because this you know, it's the first step in, you know, trying to get back to normal, getting everybody together, start practicing and that kind of stuff. So... So this first phase, I, I got tested the other day, 
Um, and uh, so went through all that. We did physical stuff. So that's what this week's been really is you know making sure everybody's healthy uh, and getting kind of, kind of everybody's return physical stuff done. But you know I, I'm just really excited uh, and excited to be back and you know moving forward. Next question is Greg Pickle, Penn Live. Hey Keaton, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you so much. Can you just tell us what it's like now to be uh, waiting around so you can work out next week, and what can you do in the interim to sort of build up to that point? Yeah, so uh, you know, I've been you know working working out on my own, uh, you know, throughout the whole, whole quarantine. You know, me being in state college, I was you know, able to use the fields and uh, on, my, on my weight room. So I'm kind of doing those same things now. Um, just you know, get ready so we, we start coming back. Uh, soon to you know lift them with the team and uh doing all that but yeah, i'm just really excited like i said before ben jones statecollege.com keaton when you go through the process of a, a summer before your first season how is that different from going through the process of the summer now obviously you know everything that's happened has made the routine a little different but in terms of where your head's at how how is it different now compared to a year ago um I mean, a year ago, it's, you're, you you put in the same work. Um, you know, it's more structured uh, because you obviously you're with the strength staff, and you know, they're you know they're working personally with you. And so what what's been different there has has been the that personal connection with the strength staff. Uh, you know, we still call them, they still talk to us, make sure you know we have good situations, and you know, doing the right workouts, that kind of stuff. Um, so as far as preparation, uh, not a whole lot's changed. Just you know just the situation right so you i'm mean, you know you're putting in the same work and i think i'm a little bit even more motivated right because you're seeing sports that stuff can go away in an instant so you know it's you gotta take it as a blessing to be able to you know try and get back and play and uh you know which, which we're working really hard and we're excited for the season next up is john salver center daily times hey keaton thanks for taking the time today i appreciate it so uh, I know you spoke to state high uh, coaches and student athletes last week about racial injustice. What was that conversation like, and what was your message to those guys? Yeah, that was a really powerful uh, call. It was uh, some students uh, from each of the sports teams, uh, some students, uh, you know, on like student council, that kind of stuff, and uh, teachers, uh, coaches. So it was a good group of people, and this. It was the, it was pretty much the the leaders at my high school and state high, right? So, you know, I just was trying to you know preach to them that you know if you if they're on this call, they have uh, power and they have influence in their community, and you know they can they can make a huge impact even in state college. And you know, I was just, I just told them you know spread love, uh, you know unity, you know. And another thing I said, uh, what sports is, you know makes sports so powerful is it brings a lot of people from different backgrounds, different races, that kind of stuff together. So I just said, use that, use that. And, you know, you know, be the influence, uh, you know, and spread love and just you know, do those things. And it was, it was a great, you know, platform. And, and I'm glad, you know, people are making the effort to have communication, have, you know, these, these talks. And so everybody uh, can understand and educate themselves and, so that's basically what I was saying, you know, in that meeting. And uh, Penn State did something very similar. And, you know, it's just really, really uh, exciting. And, you know, it's the right steps for change. And I think, you know, I was 
thankful I was able to, you know, speak and be a part of that. Our next question is Audrey Studder, The Athletic. Keaton, thanks for your time this afternoon. Um, going back to the testing and all of that, I'm curious now, having gone through it, um, how would you describe the process of getting uh, the COVID-19 test? Um, and have you guys been told yet in terms of what your access to the building will be like, um, you know, and those types of things, since it's going to be such an adjustment for everybody? Yeah, as far as the test, you know, it was, it was a unique experience. Uh, you know, it wasn't too, too evasive, but it was, you know, it's, it took 15 seconds tops, you know, so it was, it was quick. But, uh, you know, as far as their access to facilities, you know, they're, they're being very strict. They got a lot of stuff in place uh, so, so we can, you know, move forward successfully. Uh, so right now we're strictly going to be in Haluba for the most part. So, uh, but, you know, that stuff will evolve, you know, as time goes on and they're just looking out for our health, which is, which is good. So they have a plan, a really good plan to put in place. Next question is Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle. Hi, Keaton. Thanks for your time. Uh, follow up on Audrey's question, and I think you touched on this. Um, are, but are you concerned at all about um, your safety with regards to coronavirus? Um, and and do you feel it sounds like you feel like the right steps are being taken? Secondly, what was it like that first time on Monday returning to Haluba? And maybe seeing some of your teammates for the first time in three months. Yeah, you know, it was you know it's great seeing some of those guys, and you know everything is not going to be normal. You know when you go back, and it and it's you have to understand that, and you know I understand that, and all the team understands that, and you know we're ready to, you know, as players to make some sacrifices because that's what it's going to take to to move forward. And uh, like like I said, there's they've have they have a great good plan put in place. Um, and you know, I believe, you know, we can get through this stuff successful. And I'm, I'm not worried. I'm excited, you know. And, you know, we're, everybody's excited because we want to play football. And that's what, that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, uh, playing the sport we love. So, you know, we're going to have to go through some different things, you know, in order to do that. Next question is Donnie Collins with the Times-Tribune. Hey, Keaton, I'm just wondering, what once you got back, what was the most – familiar thing that, that that you you guys saw and, and what, what was the strangest thing that you know about getting back and you know and, not, and having it not be normal and also how often do you think you guys are going to be tested has that been articulated you guys yet uh no not uh specifically it's going to be you know whether you know this whole if you have symptoms and you know that kind of thing and contact tracing so that's probably you know how it's going to be going but we haven't got any specifics about that but um the most uh, familiar thing is the people you know the people are still the same you still have the same connections that you that you had before and you know it's just great to you know start to see people in this and, and talk to them because you haven't seen them for a while so that's probably most of the familiar thing and then the probably the most different thing going back uh for me is just you know the structure of everything you know it's it's Walking in mass, it's six feet apart. It's you know, this, it's there. It's all this different stuff, and you know, uh, you know, if, when you're gonna work out, you're gonna be gonna get these gator stuff. So it's 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 those little things that you know are don't seem, but it's like little little changes that you know really you know make a big difference. But I guess so. Next question is Tyler Donahue, Lions two four seven. Hey Keaton, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. 
we had a chance to speak with uh, Tariq a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about your class of cornerbacks, you, Daquan, Joey, and Marquise. Um, how would you evaluate that group? And um, specifically with you getting that start last year in the regular season finale, can you kind of take us into the battle for the starting cornerback job that was left by John Reed and, and what your expectations are? Yeah, I mean, we – we have a very talented group right now. I mean, across the board and all the corners, you know, and especially in our class. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be, you know, a battle, right? So it's competition. You know, it's no no, no spots given. Even Tariq's spot's not given. So we're all working very hard and pushing each other because if we're all getting better, then we're better as a team, better as a unit. And, you know, I think we have a good camaraderie in the, in the room. And, you know, we all work very hard uh, and push each other. So I'm excited. Frank Bodandy with the York Daily Record. Hi, Keaton. Um, you mentioned the word sacrifice a little bit earlier. What kind of sacrifices do you envision having to make, and what do you think might be one of the tougher or a couple of the toughest things going forward to get adjusted to now? Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of different things, you know, as far as working out and, and practicing and going, you know, through all the different stuff that comes with, you know, the protocols that they put in place. And one of the biggest sacrifices is probably going to be outside of outside of uh, lash, outside of football. Uh, you know, making sure everybody's you know, uh, you know, being accountable for for each other and and stand standing inside the team and not not uh, going out and doing different things that could risk and jeopardize that you know people do the coronavirus. So you know, we're all going to have to sac make some tough sacrifices. Um, but I think as a team, we're all prepared to, to do that and, and just to move forward. Next question is Nubias Wilborn with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hey, what's up, brother? Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. Um, question for you, like what over these last three months have you learned about yourself or maybe about a teammate that you wouldn't have learned without this quarantine time? Yeah, you know, it's honestly, you know, with with the quarantine time and, you know, the, the situation in America, you know, I have had a lot of conversations with, you know, my teammates and, and friends and different things just just about about what's going on and how, how, how they feel and, you know, what's some, some stories. And I think, you know, uh, I learned about, a lot about myself, too, and, and uh, other people as far as, like, their situations, what people, other people are going through during this time, because we're all going through the same things, and you know, we just had those conversations, you know, about how they're feeling, and so I, I felt like I was able to kind of honestly get closer to some people in that aspect, right? You know, we're all quarantined, we're all, you know, in our in our bubbles, you know, uh, and then with all this other stuff going on, I was able to have a lot of good conversations with people. So I I say I nothing specifically, but I said I'll, I I would definitely was able to get closer with a lot of people do, through this. And I think the team itself is, is getting a lot, of cl a lot closer through meetings and stuff like that, just still having those conversations and building those connections. Next question is Mark Wolgenrich, SI.com. Keaton, thanks so much uh, for doing this today. Coming up on Monday, um, what's that going to look like? What time do you go? Where do you go? What do you get to do? That sort of thing. Uh, I haven't. I don't have details right now. Uh, but right now, it's we're we're lifting three days a week, lifting and running uh, through Haluba, and you know, start our normal workouts like we would 
before, you know, but with with some different, you know, nuances as far as spaced out locker rooms and, you know, working out in the open outside, uh, lifting in Huluba outside, so different things like that. But we're going to, each week, you know, we're going to start getting closer to a normal, normal schedule that we usually would have because, you know, we're getting right back into the swing of things as far as workouts and, you know, meetings and all that. Next question is Andrew Porterfield, Daily Collegiate. Hey, Keaton, thanks for doing this. Um, so coming off your freshman year, what are some improvements um, that you would like to make coming into your uh, sophomore season? And how have you been making those adjustments uh, throughout this quarantine time? Yeah, so a big thing for me is just maturing as a, as a football player, you know, uh, understanding the game more, you know, understanding the our playbook and understanding offenses. Uh, so mentally, you know, we've had a lot of good meetings, uh, you know, through Zoom uh, just to uh, get mentally, you know, prepared for, you know, the season. That's something I, I've been pushing myself to work on. And as far as football specifically, you know, finding the ball in the air, my footwork just, 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 just blitzing my game at all in all levels and stuff I'm, I'm working on is stuff I'm good at and stuff I'm not good at. So I'm just trying to, you know, work on everything and just keep becoming better each day. All right, we have time for another round of questions. If you do not have a question the second time around, just say pass. We'll go Mark Brennan, Fight On State. Um, hold on, Mark. Go ahead. Hey, Keaton, you talked a little earlier about the camaraderie among the corners from your recruiting class. Can you discuss that a little bit more? How tight are you guys, and how difficult is it to keep that tightness when you're competing for jobs against each other? Yeah, you know, it's you know, it's 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 sometimes hard, right? Because that's the that's the guy you're trying to steal the job, and everybody knows it. You know, it's not, you know, we don't we don't hide that. You know, coach is very you know open. You know, he doesn't he, he says what's what and. Uh, so we all, you know, completely understand that. And I think it makes us all work harder. And um, just us, especially the younger younger guys, you know, we're working, you know, to, to get those, those spots, the starting spots. And even though we were younger, you know, we, we still competed with each other. And, you know, you saw we were all able to get on the field and, you know, contribute. And I think that's, you know, what's, what's really special about us because if – you know, one of us isn't, you know, doing as well. We pick him up just just because of the competition and the, the you know, the hard work. And uh, just we've been building camaraderie just, you know, because we're always together, right? You know, meetings and, you know, this and that. We're always together. Uh, practice, we're always together. So it's just it's just a competition and, you know, it's, it's fun uh, and I love it. Greg Pickle, Penn Lives. This might seem silly, but when we saw you guys work out in February and also last year at Lift for Life, you know, there's a lot of closeness to that encouragement and celebration, high fives, things like that, things that aren't really advisable in this day and age. Have you given any thought to what motivation and, and congratulations look like uh, for workouts under these conditions? Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be different. You know, it's, you know, I think obviously verbally, you know, it's that's the biggest thing. Because uh, you're not gonna have that that physical contact, the, the the daps, the high fives, you know, the chest pumps. You won't have as much of you won't have as much of that uh, as a, as you as you did before. But I, you know, I think it's, it's still gonna be the same. You know, you know, the leader's still gonna be vocal, and you know, if someone makes a good play or someone you know is, is working hard, you know, you can still let them know and all that kind of stuff. So 
I don't think uh, that much is going to change uh, on that aspect of it. That is Keaton Ellis, sophomore to be for the Nittany Lion football team. He tested negative. He is back to work on Monday. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you with us. We'll hear from Jahan Dotson tomorrow. It's going to take over in that slot for Penn State. Boy, since the first day I saw him, I said, boy, this guy can play wide receiver. He knows how to play. If you remember, it looked like at one point he was going to commit to UCLA, and then he ended up coming here. He has been a big plus, and I think his role is going to get even larger in this offense. Looking forward to hearing from him tomorrow, but more importantly, uh, looking forward to seeing him play this year. Uh, The Colonial Tournament is underway. Uh, The PGA Tour is back. And... The leaders, Justin Rose, 700 par 63, Jonathan Vegas, and Abraham Anser, along with Harold Varner, the third all shot back with Brian Harmon at 500 par. And that is underway, a sense for the moment of normalcy. Now, they don't have fans there. They won't have fans on the PGA Tour until they get to next month when they play the Memorial, where it looks like they're going to have... 8,000 allowed in to see the tournament. Today's show has been brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and you can go online to sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory. You can shop online and get the process started from the comfort of your own living room. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Chad, thanks so much. It was great to have you here today. Thanks. Good to be here. I'll be back a couple times in the next couple of weeks. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you so much. Back tomorrow on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.